It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. The Barracuda did something they had never done before in their history this past weekend, and that was beat the Colorado Eagles in back-to-back -back games at the Budweiser Event Center. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger. The Barracuda dropped their opener 1-0 at the hands of the Bakersfield Condors on Sunday. Then the Barracuda had a full four days off before returning to the ice for the first of two games in Loveland against the Colorado Avalanche affiliate. On Friday, the Barracuda and Eagles exchanged leads five different times. Three of those times, San Jose found themselves down by a goal, including entering the third and final period. But in the third, the Barracuda would get goals from Scott Reedy and John Leonard in route to their first win of the 2021-22 season. In the victory, Alexei Melnichuk picked up his first win of the year, turning aside 30 of the 34 shots he faced. After Alex Bolkesh of Colorado opened up the scoring at 6-18 of the first, the Barracuda answered back four minutes and seven seconds into the second period as Nick Merkley collected a shot off the back wall and tucked it just under the crossbar to level the score up at 1-1. Excuse me, we've got a goal here. We're reading the uh, promo, and the Barracuda right off the faceoff, drop behind the back of the net. Excuse me, it's a goal for Noah Gregor. Right off the faceoff draw. Was it Gregor or Merkley? Just 17 seconds later, the Barracuda would win an offensive zone faceoff draw, and Nick Chichek would pound in his first of his professional career. It marked the two quickest goals in Barracuda franchise history. It is Nick Merkley, his first in a Barracuda sweater, comes off the faceoff. He's had a couple chances. That was shot by Chichek. He scores! With a 2-1 lead in the second period, the Barracuda would go on to the power play. Unfortunately, veteran forward Dylan Sakur would intercept a puck at his own defensive blue line, race up ice on a breakaway, and beat Melnichuk to tie the game up at 2-2. Merkley had pinched. It's going to be a breakaway here for Sakura. Works in, shoots, scores. Colorado's Dalton Smith would then give the Eagles a late second period lead at 16:59, as Colorado would take a 3-2 advantage. In the league up, as here come the Eagles threatening, here's a chance they score. On a partial two-on-one, it's feather to the right side. Monachu could not get over in time, and the Eagles have responded with two unanswered and have their lead back. But at 17.43, Jaden Holbgwax would collect a drop pass from Timor Ibrahimov, and Holbgwax would snap it in for his first of the year to tie the game up at 3-3. Melnichuk, Barracuda back up ice. Here's a chance. Holbgwax scores. A drop pass by Ibrahimov, and Holbgwax did not wait. But at 19.35, the Barracuda were called for a too-many-men penalty. 
And with just 1.2 seconds remaining in the second period, former Avalanche first-rounder Justin Barron would fire a shot in from the midpoint to give Colorado a late one-goal lead in the second period. Thrown on net, stopped down by Melnichuk, and then a shot from the point by Barron. It had eyes from the midpoint through a sea of traffic, and it's top shelf. It's a power play goal for Colorado. Down by a goal entering the third, Scott Reedy would collect a pass on the back post from Ryan Merkley and guide it in for his first of the year to tie it up. Waits it out, looking for a receiver. Spots one in Ryan Merkley. Still the puck, back door, and they score! What a feed by Ryan Merkley! Spots Scott Reedy back post, and we're tied at 4-4. And then at 15:48, John Leonard would intercept a puck in the neutral zone, racing on net on a breakaway, and give the Barracuda back their lead at 5-4. It turned out to be the game winner. Turnover force. John Leonard has an opportunity down the wing. Leonard works in, trying to get to the forehand. He scores! John Leonard down the wing, got it to his forehand and stuffs it under Adenin with 4-12 remaining in the third. So after a win on Friday 5-4, the Barracuda were looking for back-to-back victories on Saturday, something, as we mentioned, they had never done before. Going into Saturday, head coach Roy Sommer elected to make a couple of lineup changes, exchanging forward Zach Gallant and Timur Ibrahimov for Dylan Hamilek and Evan Weinger. For Hamilek, it was his professional debut. Veteran defenseman Mark Alt also suffered an injury on Friday, so he was replaced by youngster Montana Anibucci. Here was Hamilek leading into the game on the nerves and excitement going into his first professional outing. Uh, a little bit. I was a little nervous this morning. Uh, but like right now, I'm just excited for the game. Excited to show what I got out there and uh, get my first pro game out of the way here. But I'm uh, excited nonetheless. In the first period, Colorado would take an early penalty as veteran defenseman Jordan Gross was called for tripping. And while on the man advantage, Ryan Merkley would wind up a shot pass from the right point and Scott Reedy would tip it in. Jaden Holmgoax was originally credited with the goal, but later given the primary assist as the goal was officially given to Scott Reedy, his second of the season. Holmgoax, who scored his first of the year last night, will skate it into the offensive zone, chip it into the right corner. Now it's up high to the right side for Merkley. Ryan Merkley, second-year pro, 21-year-old. Given along the right side, Shemolevsky spots Holmgoax back to the point for Merkley. Wrists one through, tipped, and he scores! Holmgoax has goals in back-to-back games, and the Barracuda strike on the power play. Later in the first period, Kiefer Sherwood on the power play would level the score up at 1-1, his third of the year, as Sherwood has now picked up points in each and every game so far for the Eagles. So tied at 1-1, Cal Burke, who has also been a staple offensively so far for Colorado in the early season, would find the back of the net for his third of the year to give Colorado its first lead of the game. New hook with it for Colorado, slips a check, sprung into the near side, they score! So down by a goal in the second period, the Barracuda were badly outshot in the middle frame, 16-6. But stellar goaltending from Zach Sachenko was the difference. And at 17:46, Jaden Holmgawaks would officially get his second goal of the year. Again, Ryan Merkley, the one setting him up. Holmgawaks in his own zone will feather one ahead, scooped up and stride Ryan Merkley into the offensive zone. Tapers away from pressure, in on net, looking for a rebound. Got one! Holmgawaks scores! In the third period, tied at 2-2. 
the Barracuda would go back onto the power play. And at 7.31, Noah Gregor was able to tip in a Nick Merkley shot. And the Barracuda recaptured their first lead since early in the first. A lead they would hold on to behind 45 saves by goaltender Zach Sachenko. As Colorado had to kind of scramble to reload here. One second remaining, and the Barracuda are going to find a way to pick up back-to-back wins in one of the most hostile buildings in the American Hockey League, both coming by just a single goal. Head coach Roy Sommer spoke to the media following his club's 3-2 win over the Eagles on Saturday. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's hard winning back-to-backs no matter who you're playing, whether you're playing at home against a lesser opponent, you know, let alone coming into this building that, you know, was packed and had a lot of energy. And But, uh, like, I thought the goaltending over the weekend was exceptional and we got uh, goals at the right time. Um, you know, the big guys, the guys that were supposed to score for us, you know, got it, got the job for us, you know, got it done for us tonight. But, you know, overall it was uh, a, a great weekend, you know, can't complain. I, th- I think so. I think no matter who you are, you know, you like playing in front of people. You like showing off your craft, and that's kind of what we did tonight. Um, it was, uh, you know, I thought the first 10 minutes, like, we played really well, probably the best we played out of the, you know, the two games here. And and then, again, we had another really good third, and uh, we had a really good third last night. You know, those were our best periods of the, the weekend, and... You know, we we hung in there and got goals and kind of, you know, then hung on to the lead. I thought he was great. You know, I, I, he, was, he saw pucks and he was on top of things. You know, he cleared the rebounds into the corners and didn't give a lot of second opportunities. You know, they said they had 40 shots, but we, they had a lot of perimeter stuff just the way we kind of plugged up the middle. But, uh, you know, when he had to make a big save, you know, he, he kept us in the game and, you know, deserved the win. Probably the biggest takeaway from the weekend was the continued strong play of second-year defenseman Ryan Merkley. The Sharks' 2018 first-round draft pick struggled at times last year. He had moments of brilliance and then moments where you left scratching your head. But so far through the first three games of the season, he has been the team's best defenseman. And in fact, on Saturday, I thought it was his best game as a member of the Barracuda. Not only was he big on both the team's first two goals, he was spectacular defensively. His stick was in perfect positioning, he was keeping plays to the outside, and he was making it hard on Colorado's forwards. Here was head coach Roy Sommer following Saturday's game on the continued strong play of his second-year defenseman. He's been really good. Um, Bakersfield game, I thought he was our best D. You know, from one to five, I gave him a four last night. I gave him a five, killed plays, moved pucks, jumped into the play, created offense. And tonight, you know, I know uh, last night I think he played 25 minutes. And I think tonight he was probably up to 28, 30 minutes. And, you know, again, you know, made really good decisions, hit singles, you know, was good down low, didn't allow plays to stay alive. Uh, you know, he's really starting to show uh, – show what he's uh, he's made of right now. When we come back on Cuda Confidential, we'll be joined by the voice of the Stockton Heat, Mark Benetti. We'll come back in just a moment. This is Cuda Confidential. The 1991 club is here. It's the global fan club of the Sharks, made for the biggest Sharks fans around the world. Start your free trial today and become part of the club. The online community has exclusive Sharks content, including firsthand stories from alumni and staff, podcasts, graphics, and more. Memberships start at just $25 and includes a welcome kit, 
membership card, and a 1991 Club exclusive merchandise. Check it out at sharks1991club.com. Marlowe's going to break away. He's moving and he shoots. He scores! It's everything Sharks hockey in one place. Brent Burns on a power play goal. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and the destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey plus unique Sharks content all day long on the Sharks Audio Network. When you hear coordinated care, what do you imagine? Nurses going viral for their dance routine? (laughs) Not here. At Kaiser Permanente, coordinated care has nothing to do with dancing and everything to do with quality and convenience. With Kaiser Permanente, you don't have to worry about getting your records sent from place to place because our electronic medical records seamlessly connect all of your doctors, nurses, and specialists. It's so easy, you might do your happy dance. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org slash thrive. You can buy everything else online. Why not a brand new car? Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Oak Tree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I can only be talking about our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Buy your brand new Mazda from start to finish completely online. No-brainer checkout exclusively from the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Now, back to the action. Barracuda Hockey continues now. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We are very pleased to be joined by the voice of the Stockton Heat, Mark Benetti. First, Mark, welcome to the Pacific Division, and thank you so much for the time. We really do appreciate it. I want to jump right into it. We did not see Stockton last year. The Heat played out of Calgary as part of the AHL's Canadian Division. They returned back to the Pacific Division, back to California this year. Is there a renewed sense of excitement in the city and in the area? Do you feel like the fans are pumped up to have the team back? I think there has been a renewed excitement, you know. It's uh, last year was tough for a number of reasons. It's no secret to anybody that the COVID-19 pandemic really kind of threw things by the wayside. And, uh, you know, the fans of Stockton don't get to see their team and their rink because of ordinances and, and things along those lines. They have to follow them from afar. They were the only team in the Pacific Division that didn't play in their home rink. They had to completely move to another country. So I think uh, once it was announced that the team was coming back and that there was a plan to rebuild things and, and reshape things, I think there was a renewed excitement. Um, you know, social media is very telling of the, the pulse of fan bases nowadays. And when we posted day one, a training camp, and even before that, um, schedule release and then new staff here, new head coach here, new assistant here. I think people are starting to get a little stir crazy that, um, they finally get their hockey team back and they just, they're just dying to see some hockey. So it's a, it is a very exciting time and you can tell. Uh, from the players, it, it's it's very easy, despite the fact that they're uh, almost all wearing masks in the hall. Uh, but you can tell that there's uh, smiles on everybody's faces. They're ready to go. And uh, uh, they know that they've got a, a big journey ahead of them of 68 games. Tell us a little bit about the new head coach, Mitch Love. He joins the fold this year. It'll be his first year in the American Hockey League. What are your impressions so far? So I've only had a few limited uh, interactions with Mitch. But uh, one of the first things right off the bat is he is a communicator. He 
He knows what he wants to say. He knows what he wants to communicate. He gets it through as blatantly and as concisely as possible. And he expects everybody to be a professional, uh, just like he expects him to, to, to be one himself. Uh, great track record in the Western Hockey League as an assistant in Everett. Gave him some familiarity with, uh, you know, with Dustin Wolf coming up, uh, head coach in Saskatoon. He's, he's been able to lead teams to great success as well. And, and now he gets a chance to prove it on a big professional stage with an NHL parent uh, watching from afar and, uh, and, and watching over his shoulder to see what he's doing. Um, he has proclaimed himself as a defensive style coach, uh, which is great because specific divisions got a lot of big guns uh, to worry about all across the board, especially, you know, with Bakersfield coming up this uh, weekend for preseason matchups. I was starting uh, to scout some of their numbers and their statistics, and they got a lot of guys that can score. So defense uh, wins you championships, as they say, across the board in every sport. And it looks like uh, Mitch is going to bring a great defensive mind to this. Uh, we've got really big defensemen, I think an average of about 6'2", 6'3", and 225, I'm sorry, 210 pounds. So, um, you know, you utilize their size, you utilize their their reach and their length. And I, I think Mitch is going to see a lot of success with that. Dustin Wolf, he's a local kid. He grew up in Gilroy. He played in the Western Hockey League. Got a little bit of a taste of the pro level last year before wrapping up his junior career with the Everett Silvertips. Smaller kid, but it seems like wherever he goes, he just finds a way to get the job done. What do you think are the expectations for Dustin Wolf going into his first season of pro? Yeah, he played for a hot second before he went back to Everett to finish out what was a phenomenal uh, WHL career. Uh, his transition to the pro game is all attitude. He, he knows what's expected of him. Uh, from what I understand, last year making his pro debut, the team was still very rusty, no real preseason to, to get ready, and, and he got shelled against a, a really good Toronto team, but then he came right back with back-to-back -back wins and back-to-back -back starts, and, and it's all mentality. He, he knew after that, that first rough outing what he what he needed to do to compete, to adjust. And, and, and he really, uh, he really turned some heads in those next two games. So I, I think the, uh, the MO for him here is that he's going to factor heavily in our net um, really lead the way and, and, and show that he can do it. He had a lot of flashes of brilliance as well. And uh, some NHL preseason action. And before that, some rookie showcase and prospect action. And I think everybody's very excited to see the, uh, the home state kid, if you will, really, really shine on a big stage too, with, uh, uh, with a lot of opportunity to, to, to showcase what led to a brilliant WHL career and how that's going to translate. There's four different goaltenders on the roster. We mentioned Dustin Wolf, but where do you see the position as a whole shaking out? You know, uh, goaltending is a Rubik's cube. Uh, it's always a Rubik's cube wherever you go. I spent the last eight years in the ECHL and in Rapid City. Uh, it was a roll of the dice. You'd sign a couple of guys in the offseason. Maybe you get a couple of assignments. And then all of a sudden, it was a fun game of musical chairs. And you're, you're uh, you know, you're retooling your roster press release out when the official rosters have to be submitted. I think that's going to be a very similar uh, scenario here with the likes of Shortridge and Greenfield as well in camp. Most likely, you'll see Greenfield in Kansas City because that's where he played a lot last year. And I got a couple of good looks at him. Shortridge got some time with Casey as well last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Werner uh, going up or down or, uh, you know, dancing all around, whatever the, the situation may be with him. It's just you, you don't know what the, the, the clear and, and present danger, if you will, uh, right now is that Dustin Wolf is here and uh, he's going to factor heavily. The Barracuda haven't faced the Stockton Heat in a couple of years. There's still some players left on the roster from two years ago, but from this cast of characters, from the 2021-22 group, who do you see as the players that are going to kind of drive the team's offense? 
Uh, Matthew Phillips, absolutely for sure. 2020 AHL All-Star. Uh, Connor Zary as well. A lot of firepower out of him. Adam Ruzichka too. Uh, he's going to do some great things. Jacob Pelletier as well up front. All four of them for sure will will lead things. And and it really depends as well on uh, how the rest of the, the movement goes with, uh, with Calgary for the rest of this week, going into next week with the home opener. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of guys last year got their first taste of of the AHL in a very awkward season and had a chance to transition to the speed of the game in a, in a less pressure filled environment, if you will. But a lot of guys still getting the opportunity to play in the NHL. Like you said, last year, Matt Phillips making his debut on May 19th. And uh, you know, he had two shots on goal and almost 15 minutes ice time, which for uh, a small guy like him playing in a Daryl Sutter system, that's a lot of time to play out there. So, um, you know, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, but those four for sure is Derry Ruzichka, uh, uh, and Phillips, uh, those three uh, right there, definitely going to uh, do some serious damage here. Daryl Sutter took over last year as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Do you see the Stockton Heat with Mitch Love behind the bench trying to play a similar game to what they're doing up north? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me just because I feel like that's the case in all sports that you try to mimic the parent to ease the transition, like you said. But I, I mean, I, I, at the same time, too, coaches are going to coach. They're going to try and find ways to win. And, and especially at these levels, the ECHL and the American Hockey League level, they're going to try and find ways to educate uh, because, you know, these, especially for the younger kids starting here, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you get a rookie that just got drafted last year that's going to begin his pro career. There's a lot of education that comes with that. Yeah, you want him prepared to wear a Calgary Flames sweater at the end of the year, but you want him to win some games and you want to teach him along the way too so that it's not just an X's and O's here and there that he's taking to calorie. It's, uh, it's life experience and it's an ex- experience as a professional and what that expectation is. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me uh, in some way, shape, or form if Calgary systems were implemented down here. Barracuda fans are going to certainly recognize one player on the Stockton Heat roster this year, and that's defenseman Nick Simone. He was traded last year, ended up latching on with the Rochester Americans, but he's in his first season in Stockton, now a member of the Calgary Flames organization. He's a puck-moving, offensively-minded defenseman, but what do you think he can add to the Heat this season? We've got a lot of size uh, on our back end right now, and I'm sure there's some offensive firepower there. You know, uh, one of the things I've come to really appreciate over the years of watching hockey is a D-man that has a shot that, that has eyes. Uh, that can get through, that that can ricochet off of something and really cause havoc for goaltenders or cause a scrambly situation for defenders uh, that are playing net front and things along those lines. So if you can find a way to just simply get a shot through, it doesn't have to be a bomb, could be a changeup. Plenty of defensemen that have made a career off of a changeup like that that just wreaks havoc and causes trouble. I'm sure Nick's uh, offensive skill set would be very welcome there. A big thanks to Mark Bonetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. We had a chance to catch up with Barracuda Ford, Evan Weinger, during the first intermission of Friday's game. When we come back, we'll play that interview. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now, back to the action. Barracuda Hockey continues now. 
as we welcome in Barracuda forward Evan Wanger as the night off. First of all, Evan, thank you for the time. We certainly appreciate it. We just were talking off air. It's a pretty high pace opening period. I mean, even from your vantage point, you said it looked fast. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Noli. Really appreciate it. But, yeah, really fast game. Uh, really tight out there. Not a whole lot of space. A lot of it's really physical. So uh, it's, it's fun to watch. Is it weird to watch games? I mean, you played in the opener. You've become pretty much a staple in the lineup over the last couple of years. Is it still odd to watch instead of being in the action? And it's a different mindset watching a game versus being in the game. During in the game, you really don't think about it too much. I mean, you just go out there and play. But watching, you kind of like, you can see everything more. And it's just like... It's just a, just a bird's eye view of everything. It's a little different. Can you take anything away from watching? I know you want to be in the lineup, but from an educational standpoint, if you do draw in tomorrow, can you extract anything from watching? Um, probably get lines. I mean, I know that's the most important thing. They're creating most of their opportunities off the turnovers that we're giving them. So, honestly, limit the turnovers and get more bodies in the front of the net. That's the guy pops out a lot of rebounds. So, good. Yeah, he's a young goaltender. You've got to get traffic in front. You guys were unable to score in the first game. You've got a, a Gets a very good goaltender in Stuart Skinner, but you got a young kid tonight. So with the young goalie, obviously he doesn't see the puck. He's not going to be able to save it. Was that a point of emphasis at all by the coaching staff? What was kind of the philosophy going into the second game as you guys try to get the offense going? Well, our whole mindset and our whole team is get bodies in the front of the net. I mean, it's a really we have a lot of big bodies, so I know it's tough. But it, the more bodies we have in the net, the goalie's not going to be able to see a thing. So and it's going to create rebounds, and that's going to create a lot more opportunities. We're talking. To Evan Weiger, Barracuda Ford, who has the night off tonight. You're entering your fourth season in San Jose. It's pretty incredible how fast that has gone. It feels like yesterday that you were coming in as a first-year player. Do you feel a lot more comfortable? You know, you're a relatively quiet guy, I would say, but do you feel more confident now being an older player who's experienced it to maybe provide some guidance and wisdom for young players? Do you feel like you're more equipped for that kind of a role? I believe so. I mean, I feel I'm a pretty open guy. So I, I, anyone can come up and ask me any questions about whether systems, living situations, and stuff like that. So I'm honestly just happy to help everyone out. But fourth year, that's a, that's, I'm pretty happy about four years in the American League. And it's been pretty awesome, too, because you're a California kid. Your parents live in Southern California, but your dad, I believe, is from San Francisco yes, area, right? And they met during college down in L.A., and you grew up in L.A., you grew up playing for the L.A. Junior Kings and within that system, and now you still get to play your pro hockey in California after spending your junior hockey up in the Pacific Northwest, so to be able to play in California, I'm sure that's a thrill. They get to watch you keep tabs on your career. Looking at this season, we talked about it a little bit during training camp. There's a lot of depth at the forward position, and it's an unfortunate kind of development when you lose a game, coaches are going to make lineup changes, right? You find yourself out of the lineup tonight. But have you noticed the depth this year, just the skill on the ice with this team? It reminds me a whole lot of my first year. And like even my second year coming in, uh, I mean, obviously last year it wasn't, didn't really feel like the American League that it used to be with like bringing all the young kids in. But now it just it makes it really competitive. And when you get in, you just got to show what you can do. Absolutely. So I'm just, just trying, when I get back in, it's got to show what I can do. Well, speaking of what you can do, you're blazing speed, one of the fastest players in this division. I've seen it firsthand over the last three years. But aside from your speed, how do you feel like your game has developed and matured over these first three years? Um, a lot more poised with the puck. I feel like my first couple years I was getting it 
fumbling it, just throwing it away. This year, I this year even last year, I've held on the puck more, make more plays, and just try to create more offense with my speed and my the energy I bring to the lineup. Well, with your speed, what it does is it provides you a little bit more space and time. The D begin to back off, and maybe when the game is running at a million miles per hour when you're a young player, it makes it that much more difficult. But as you've gotten older and you've experienced this league, have you noticed that things have started to slow down a little bit mentally for you as well? Um, honestly, I just, just slowing my feet down. I mean, when I, it's not all about going 100 miles per hour all the time. It's about playing smart, use your speed when you have to use it, but you got to break down your skating and not fly through certain areas or you're going to not get the puck. So that's what I'm trying to work on. Speaking of your speed, I think that is a, a great point because very fast players, that's your skill set, that's your, your number one tool, but at times, there's times when you can kind of throttle down a little bit and use that to your advantage. What would you say is the biggest reason behind you having such great speed? As a kid, was there a skating coach you could work with? How do you um, build that part of your game? I worked with uh, Robbie Glantz um, when I was growing up. He's a good skating coach out of Southern California, but... I just do a lot of plyometric, a lot of jumping, a lot of a lot of running, a lot of more power stuff in the gym. So that's what I kind of stick towards. I'm not going to be the big like heavy lifter and do all that stuff. That's not who I am. That's not my game. So I got to stick to um, help. I got to work out to what helps me on the ice. Absolutely. We're talking to Barracuda Ford, Evan Wanger, very gracious with his time joining us in the broadcast booth. We got a couple periods to go. Again, as you mentioned, a very fast first period, each team with a power play opportunity. But as you look at the Barracuda continuing to look for the offense, it's now four periods without a goal. But what do you see as kind of the key down this stretch the next two periods to try to pick up a win? Well, obviously, just not just limit the turnovers. I mean, that's our biggest downfall. Get, get, just get guys in net. That's our whole game. And just create opportunities that way and use our speed. We have a lot of offense on our team, so we just gotta, we gotta use it. It certainly seems like Colorado is an opportunistic offensive team who kind of build off the rush and in transition. If you make a mistake, they're gonna make you pay, certainly. So one nothing lead right now for the Colorado Eagles. We hope to see you in the lineup tomorrow. If not, you have a nice week off before prepping for these Colorado Eagles on opening night. But great chat with you. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Noel. I appreciate it. That's gonna do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. A reminder, the Barracuda are back on the ice this upcoming Friday at the SAP Center as they take on the Colorado Eagles for their 2021-22 home opener. A reminder, tickets can be purchased at sjbarracuda.com tickets or at the SAP Center box office. If you can't make the game, make sure to tune in at ahltv.com via the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and at sjbarracuda.com. That's going to do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time.